You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking, and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high-impact, high-revenue-generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Autumn Beck Blackledge, founder and CEO of Autumn Beck Beck Blackledge, attorney at law. Autumn is listed as one of Florida Trend's legal elite for 2018. She's been assessed by her peers and deemed to be a super lawyer, and she's recently been recognized by her alma alma mater, Florida State University, as a member of the elite Seminole 100. Welcome, Autumn. I'm so happy you're here today on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I love this kind of stuff, so I'm happy to be here. Good, good. We're going to have a lot of fun. So uh, you and I have known each other for quite a while now. We've actually been working together for some time. So I'm really excited about this conversation because um, you and I like to have long conversations together. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a lot of long conversations together, and it's always a lot of fun. So tell me, tell for everybody else, tell us about your firm and what it is that you do. Tell us the area of specialty for your law firm and how you serve your clients. Okay, great. Um, well, at our law firm, at our law firm, um, we really believe um, that families struggle, people are struggling in difficult times, especially when they're ending relationships or they're having changes in their family relationships, whether that be with children, whether that be with spouses or former spouses. And we really believe that there are times when people have find themselves and their lives are in a ditch and that it's our job and our mission to kind of help them out of that. Um, We believe that, you know, divorce can be good and because it gets people out of the ditch And so we really rally around people who are having difficult times and um, our area of practice is uh, marital and family law. Okay, great. And so where are you located? In Pensacola, Florida. All right. So for for those who are not familiar with Florida, that's colloquially, that's known as the panhandle in Florida. That's right. For those of us who are Floridians, that's the panhandle. (laughs) That's right. We are closer to... Yeah, we're closer to Mobile, um, where my practice sits. You know, we're only about 20 or an hour to Mobile, about 20 minutes to the state line in Alabama. And our firm serves Escambia, Santa Rosa, Okaloosa County, and sometimes Walton. So the full panhandle over to Destin. Right. Okay. So so for people that are detecting that... Southern, that strong Southern accent, that's, that gives them an idea of where you are. You're not, in, you're not anywhere near Miami. There's, no. <laughs> you're thinking palm trees, but you are uh, located on the, the beaches up there. So that's, that's nice. Yeah, um, we, gorgeous. Yeah. So tell, so tell everybody, give everybody an idea about your, your own family, because your own family is pretty unique. Sure. So um, my husband and I, Peyton, We are a big blended family. We um, married kind of late in life. We found um, our paths were very, very different. Um, We were both divorced. We have very different divorce stories. And um, together we have five children and they range in age from 11 all the way to 19. So we have four in the house and the four in the house are all teenagers. 
which sometimes is really fun and sometimes is really stressful. <laughs> um, but they are sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. So we have three in middle school and one in high school that are at home. Oh, wow. Wow. I can't even imagine. I, I don't have children. I have dogs. So I can't even imagine what that must be like. <laughs> and you guys have your actually have your own podcast where you talk about being parents to being being this big blended family, kind of like the modern day Brady Bunch, right? And what inspired you to create this podcast? Well, I mean, we started realizing um, through the the firm, um, my husband's a professional firefighter, but he also works here in the office on his days off. And we kind of realized that, you know, life is sort of is a continuum, especially the type of law that I practice. And so um, we really feel strongly about, you know, divorce and your family law matter setting you up for a good, healthy relationship or life after the the ditch. So our podcast is kind of an effort to be transparent. Um, we have a lot of fun and it's called Love Our Living. It's on iTunes and all of those other places. And it's really about kind of the struggles, the daily tips, tricks um, that we are kind of um, kind of muddling through as we, you know, relate to um other parents, as we relate to teenagers, as we relate to being a blended family. And, you know, we don't have everything figured out, but we feel very strongly that, you know, all of these decisions can set you up to be um, happy in your life and fulfilled. And, um, you know, we just try to pass along some tips. And I think it's pretty fun, too. What made you what made you decide to choose like doing a podcast as a way to discuss that? Well, we found that, um, so I do some videos and things like that for the practice. And I've, I found that the videos, even though I don't mind doing them, my, I'm a lot more comfortable when I don't have to have my hair done and I don't have to have all that kind of stuff all, um, you know, perfectly, you know, camera ready. And we just seem to have a rapport on, um, on the podcast microphone and our family, uh, one of kind of our first things that we ever connected on is Peyton um, because he was in the car and he's a runner and he's, you know, at the fire station a lot, he would listen to NPR and podcasts. So whenever we were traveling with family, we would listen to all these great, you know, podcasts. And we um, actually did a podcast party for our youngest son because he was so obsessed with them for a little while. And that was um, a few years ago. And then we realized we just really enjoy that forum. You know, we're in our, dining room. We are not necessarily dressed up. We can do this early in the morning when we're at our best. Um, and we just, you know, find that both of us are, we have the gift of gab. Uh-huh. And, and so how do you, so let's talk about your, your practice and give us an idea of like how big your practice is and, you know, the number of attorneys you have work for you and, Tell us a little bit more about it, because I want to give people a sense of, you know, how big your life is, because you're juggling a lot. And I want to give people an idea of how it is, because this is going to lead to another question that I have. Okay. So let's give people an idea of kind of like what Autumn's day is like. 
Sure. Okay. So in 2015, I decided to start my own firm. And there were many reasons for that, but mostly just because I like being in charge. And I knew I trusted myself to be, you know, the steward of my clients' files and my own practice and kind of be able to, you know, create my own story, my own destiny. And so in 2015, I came um, out of a firm that I was in that gave me a nice background um, in family law and a good client base and a very good reputation. And my legal assistant at the time came with me and we just started this business. And over the last five years, we have um, just seen incredible growth, um, more than I ever realized. You know, when I first started my own firm, I thought that I would be, you know, eating ramen noodles. Um, <laughs> but it was just, it, it just, all kind of worked out and um, we've just had a lot of growth. So when it started as just uh, Meredith as my assistant and it just started as Meredith and I, and then within the next probably two months of being on our own, we hired a second legal assistant. And now the firm has grown about um, 200% since the time we first started. And my math is not as good as others. So depending on the the calculation that I get from um, my client management system. We're anywhere between 200 and 220% growth in those five years. We've hired um, an attorney. We have another attorney starting on Monday. Um, we have a full-time paralegal, our legal assistant. We have a receptionist um, slash junior legal assistant. Um, Peyton works here. We have, um, you know, people who do our, you know, all kinds of things for us. <laughs> um, we're big <laughs> believers, big believers in having help in every area. So you outsource so, a lot as well. You outsource as much as possible. Yeah. You outsource some marketing activities and you have a, mm -hmm. you have advisors, you have a, a big team of people helping you do things, right? Absolutely. Beyond just beyond your staff, your full-time staff. So, um, so you're, so you're, you're running the firm and you're still practicing yourself and you are, and I would say full-time, though you are changing kind of the way that you manage your time to allow yourself time to do some of these other things. And then you are mom to five kids and uh, podcasting. Um, you also are working on a book. Right. One of the things you haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> mm -hmm, so, true. so the question is, how do you do all that? Okay, well, the first thing, the main thing is that I have a lot of good help. I mean, you know, I have very supportive. I mean, my husband is very supportive. Our families are very supportive. We have help driving our kids around. We have, you know, we, we've outsourced as much as possible so that the time we have with our kids and the time we have together is quality time as much as possible. So that would be the first thing is just kind of eliminating all of the things that I don't like to do because, you know, I just, if I can outsource it, I do. Um, I also take Mondays off from the firm and that helps me. I start my, I kind of start my week with self-care and my other creative things. Um, Peyton and I had realized that I was never at home by myself and I absolutely love my house. And so and it brings me a lot of peace and a lot of joy. But by the end of the, you know, end of a month, I may have be in my house by myself for an hour or two max, not enough time to really enjoy the, you know, decorating or putting flowers out or anything like that. So we started um, allowing me to take Mondays off uninterrupted so that I can write, so that I can get a massage, 
so that I can, you know, if I have any appointments I need to get done and my staff just knows that I'm not going to be available at all on a Monday. Um, and so then my week, my Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are very firm intensive. I usually spend a lot of time on Tuesday afternoon doing firm management, marketing, um, planning, things like that just seems to have fallen into a natural um, cycle to do Tuesday afternoons for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then on Fridays, um, I do a lot of catch up, like the actual, you know, the kind of down and dirty legal work. Like if I'm drafting, you know, something difficult or you know, I'm needing to do some research or things like that, um, it's a little bit quieter and we don't have the phones ring on Fridays so that we don't get interrupted. So you have gotten um, very structured in your time, in your time management and your time and your priorities and priority management stuff. And yeah, if it's not on that list of things that I love the most, I really try not to get it on the calendar. I say no a lot. <laughs> you say no a lot. I, that's, that's fantastic. And did, were you always like that? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, even in the last year, there's been tremendous growth in that area that, you know, I mean, and you've told me a million times that, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And it doesn't mean that it's your highest and best use. So, you know, of course, you know, this is no knock on Peyton, but of course I can organize the kids' schedules faster, more efficiently, um, you know, but should I? No, because I have these other things to do. And now we've realized that Peyton even shouldn't be doing it. So we've actually outsourced that to the person who helps us in the afternoons with the kids. Right. So we're, you know, always trying to strive for, you know, what is our, what's our best use so that we have energy to do all the rest. Because when you're doing the things that aren't really um, in your, in your, in your highest and best use, it's just energy draining. Um, so that's why we've been really intentional about our calendars and our schedules. And so what, um, <clears throat> so, so what advice would you have for other women lawyers who have started their own practice and who are kind of on that solo to CEO journey um, and who might not be quite, as far along the path as you are right now. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I, I did this, even in 2015, when I first started the firm at the time, I didn't have any resources to have help with my kids. And I had three children. I was single. So I was very intentional at a three o'clock stop because that allowed me to pick up my children and get them everywhere they needed to go. Um, and it also made me more efficient during the day. So I would say figure out what the design of your life looks like as early as possible and try to stick with that. Um, Because if you're going to be riddled with mommy guilt because you have a trial, then you need to figure out how to get ahead of that. Um, and, And that would probably be my second piece of advice is if you have mommy guilt or wife guilt or daughter guilt, you got to get rid of that because um, that is not, it's not productive. Um, and, you know, it, it just, it's going to drag you down. So you have to, you manage your practice in a way that meets your lifestyle on some levels. And then if you can't do it all because you shouldn't do it all, then you have to get good people, um, pay them well and expect a lot from them. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that, and, you know, you, you shared something here that, um, that I think is really important for people to pick up on and catch because a lot of people listening to this might 
you know, look at where you are now and go, well, you know, it's easy for her to say because she's married and she's got all this help and she can afford to take Mondays off because she's, you know, you know, she's successful in her practice and all this kind of stuff. But you, that's not how you started. That wasn't where you were, you know, that at one point you were single and you had three kids and because you were divorced, you had three kids. And I mean, I say single, you were divorced. So you did, there is a, there is a cooperative ex-husband there and you guys do get along and you co-parent well, right? Very, very well. And, and so there, so you, you can also talk to us about your secret for that, which I'm sure (laughs) would be helpful. Um, But, you know, you can share, share a little bit of your story about what life was like, you know, there before you kind of were set up for where you are now. Well, I was a stay at home mom when I was married. So um, even though I was a licensed lawyer, I took um, six years, basically six years off when my oldest daughter was born. Um, And I, we have kind of in that really traditional marriage where my husband was working and I was at home and then I had three babies kind of, you know, rapid fire. And I did things. um, I was living in Tallahassee. I'd been a lobbyist before that. And it was just a natural break in my career. It was a good timing for switching careers, some things had changed. And um, I did some blogging and I, you know, I did kind of pour myself into that, um, that mommy role. And so when we got divorced, my whole life really changed. Um, I went from being a stay at home mom in Tallahassee to living here in Pensacola with the three kids working full time, and my ex-husband was still in Tallahassee at the time. So our time sharing was really hard to facilitate. You know, we were having to meet halfway and all of that kind of stuff. So I learned, um, I learned to be efficient. I learned to delegate. But I, um, I, really, I really embraced. I had heard one time, this is from a stay-at-home mom that I had heard a long, long time ago, said that, you know, she and her husband had made a decision to be a stay-at-home mom, and then they would just have the faith that, you know, they would have the money to be able to do that because it was one of their core values. And, and you know, lo and behold, it kind of, you know, it kind of happened. And that's how I really ran my firm. I was like, okay, I'm not making a lot of money right now. I'm not, um, I'm not really taking as many clients as I could take if I didn't have three kids. Um, I'm not able to do as much. I'm not able to outsource as much, but I just had the faith that if I just kept working the plan I had for my future, that it would come to fruition. Um, I also did, you know, really, I did think and grow rich and I was very committed to you know, giving back to the people I served. And, um, you know, I, I just believe that kind of staying the course and being very intentional about how I wanted things to go, um, paid off for me. I love that. I love it when you talk about that you were very intentional about it because I think that's a common thread. Um, it's how I know you to be. That's how I know you to be now as well. You're very in- intentional about how you, you you put a lot of thought into your firm now and uh, how you're what you're going to do and what you're going to do next and how that's going to be and. And then you work the plan, but there's also a part about um, adapting and adjusting too, <laughs> right? Right. right. So, 
when I first started the firm, I had this schedule with my kids that they were gone on Thursday, every other Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So my ex-husband Todd would get them on those weekends and I would basically binge work um, on those long days. And I work best when I'm doing something intense. I work best with long periods of time, uh, you know, with long periods of focus. I know everyone doesn't, but that's kind of my sweet spot. So I had been doing that for years and I could, you know, do this three o'clock thing because I knew that the next, not that Thursday, but the next Thursday, I could, you know, I'm an early riser. I could get to the office and work, you know, five in the morning until seven at night, get sushi takeout and a glass of wine and go home by myself. And I was thrilled. Um, so that changed when I met Peyton. Um, because one, you know, you, if, when you're dating, you want to be with somebody. And so, you know, he'd want to go on a date on a night that I would normally be working. And then as we blended in our family and things changed in our family life, those every other Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of went away, um, especially with his schedule. And so I had to adapt, you know, I had to pivot on that and I had to figure out a new workflow that worked for me. Um, and then also as we grew, I had to figure out, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to scale this growth? Um, which is kind of wh- how you and I met is that, you know, I mm-hmm. was like, oh my goodness, this is a little, this was, this was a, a good change. Um, but it hadn't been the change I anticipated. So I was lacking some focus and direction and, um, oh gosh, what do we do next? You know, do I just suffer through this, you know, wait until I'm not the Baskin Robbins flavor of the month or something and wait until business goes (laughs) slow again, you know, or do I expect to just be, you know, the best and figure out how to, how to do that. And, or do we do something intentional? Right. And, and say, okay, well, I don't want to be the flavor of the month. I want to be the, 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 the best selling forever flavor. And so for as long as I want to do it. And so I needed a plan, you know, for the next, you know, next stage of this business. Right. Right. And, uh, but back to the adaptability piece of it. So what has been very interesting um, is, is with the growth and the plan for the growth is how, you know, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. Right. Right, So one of the things that's happened with the growth is that things change that you don't anticipate changing when you have growth. Right. And then you wind up getting into this, you're, you're having to, you're having to change and adapt and change yourself. And then things are changing around you. So there's also that piece that I've noticed you grappling with and learning as you're doing, as you're going through this process um, that, you know, have you, have you experienced that? This is my observation of you. I don't know if you, yeah. if you, if you get what I'm saying, or if you're just absolutely. like, really, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, no, I absolutely <laughs> I'm not do. growing or adapting. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm growing and adapting a lot because, you know, as I've, as you hone this skill of being, you know, a good lawyer, a good business owner, you realize that you have to have different skill sets around you. So when I was first practicing law, maybe I was doing a, you know, simplified, um, you know, dissolution of marriage. But now I don't, you know, I don't have as many simplified dissolutions of marriage. So at that time, um, you know, I may have needed one skill set in my support staff. And now I need a much higher level of support staff 
to join up with us. So as my skills have increased, as the blessings have kind of come unexpectedly, we've needed to kind of all level up. And um, that, you know, the being able to hone exactly what you need around you um, is something that has, I mean, that, that amount of change has been just you know, exponential well, in my personal and business life. Well, and for you to pull back, for you to pull back out of things, <laughs> right? You, you, yeah. need, you need people who can, that you're confident can step in. So at, over time, that becomes more and more important, right? And you start repositioning people and adding people and your team grows and then you have to become a different person to lead the team. You have to develop your skills, right, for that as well, which starts happening. And all these changes start happening with you because you're not the person who's there from five in the morning till seven at night doing it all. Right, right. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to change to be the person who's here less than the other people who are doing the five, you know, the, the five in the morning to seven, you know, because, because I, because that is where I, that's where my, that's where my brain is the best for my clients. You know, if I'm not worrying about, you know, emails or things like that, and I can really get into the facts of the case and the, in the case that I'm working, I'm much more strategic. I'm much more intuitive for my clients. So my pulling back is helping exponentially my clients it's helping my happiness it's helping helping my balance with the family and I mean my interactions with my children are better I mean it's just it's kind of all you know links up service to the community all of that from some right. of your goals that we've we've talked about so um talk to me about what talk to me about kind of the impact speaking of that talk to me kind of about what what you're your vision is and the impact that you that you want your firm and your family and your your podcast and your message to sort of have. I mean, what is your what is your big vision? Do you think that? Well, you know, what is the big vision? I mean, the big vision is to you know bring some sort of added value to people who are experiencing changes in their family that they think might be uh, the worst ever and kind of give them a new light to say, Hey, this, you know, divorce is good. It's good for the person who's, you know, in an abusive relationship. It's good for the person who's, um, you know, chronic, um, you know, mental illness around them. You know, sometimes it's the, it's necessary. And, you know, at, kind of as we've grown in this business, I really realized that this is, you know, people have broken lives, they have bad events, but these aren't the things that have to define us. And so ultimately bringing some level of healing, bringing, um, a, you know, level of understanding that even when you think you're getting it right, it's not always right. Um, even when it looks good, I mean, I have the hunkiest husband there is. And I mean, sometimes he just, he'll, you know, he looks at me and I'm like, what is your problem, dude? You are annoying me. And so to have these kinds of real conversations about the things that happen in our marriages and our relationships and our families is the way that to me, people pick better, they choose better, they make better decisions, and then they learn how to, you know, love for a lifetime or let go. And, um, you know, for me, that, that I mean, 
you know, it sounds kind of corny for a divorce lawyer to say, you know, love is all there is, but really that's, that's all there is. And so if I can help people love each other a little better, that's my mission, you know, my ultimate mission. I love that. I love that you're kind of rethinking and sort of turning this idea of divorce on its head. How, how do you, how are your clients receiving this? I mean, do you, are there ways that you're sort of working it into your, into your culture of your law practice or is it all always sort of been there? This is kind of yeah. how you function as a lawyer. I think it's always been, I think it's always been there a little bit. We certainly do have clients who, um, yeah, we've always been very particular about the type of client. Um, it was always very important to me to make sure, especially in a family law context that I was sitting, um, by the right person, by the good parent. Now there could be two good parents. I'm not saying that there's always, you know, some sort of villain on the other side, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't sitting beside the villain. And um, so I was very intentional about that in the beginning, just because I know that I'm not I'm not as good at advocating for somebody that I don't believe in. And um, so our clients kind of knew this about me even then. Now, you know, we're very um, we're very uh, we give a lot of tough love around here. You know, um, I talked to a lawyer today um, who said that, you know, well, I don't get into telling my clients whether they're being reasonable or not. That's up. That's a, what they think is reasonable with their children is kind of for them. And I have a different philosophy. I think that, you know, part of the counselor, part of our, you know, profession, being a counselor at law and an attorney at law is also to say, hey, you know, that having a, a good, healthy relationship with the other parent is more important than chicken pox, you know? Um, and, and so we, we do a lot of tough love around here. That does mean that sometimes if clients are looking just for revenge, they may not they may not find me to be the best fit for them. Um, but, you know, I also know that, you know, with that with that same dedication to trying to choose the right parent and the right party, that I'm also fiercely loyal and protective. And so those clients are a good fit. And I you know, find that I'm working with those clients more and more and more as um, room is being made when people just don't choose, you know, when there's not a fit. We're kind so of like the match.com of, of do, uh, divorce lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, so it, it, is that in your um, intake process, your screening process in, in the is. beginning? It, you have the way that you, in your initial consultation, the questions that you ask them, you ascertain kind of whether or not you're going to be a good fit for them by, by letting them know how you think. Well, by the time that I have met with them, they have talked to two different people in our office first. So our receptionist and legal assistant, our first one would have um, kind of screened for um, people who are not well, um, people, you know, who are just not going to be a good fit for me for whatever reason, or if there's a conflict, obviously. Then our second um, step is my um, kind of my right hand lady, and that's Meredith, and she really takes time to make sure that this is going to be a good fit on all levels, financially, if they can afford this, what their goals are, and so by the time she actually sets the appointment with me, I have a good idea about whether or not this person is going to be a good fit for our firm, and then I do a very long intake. Um, that is probably one thing. I think that's distinguished um, that distinguishes my practice is that I do um, a very long intake because I want to know I want to be able to foresee um, as many of the problems so I can solve them 
um, before they become problems. I like to I like to feel the dynamic of my client and how I'm going to tell their story. And the only way I can do that is if I have kind of enough time to to hear the whole story. That's great. That's a that's that is that's a gold nugget right there for people who you know are listening to this podcast and want to know you know like how to have the kind of success that you've had in your practice. That's huge right there, and that intake process. And you, you know when you look at because our businesses are supposed to bring us some um, life satisfaction. I mean the whole idea of working for yourself. You, you know the reason the reason we go through what we go through and working for yourself because entrepreneurship is no easy trip is, you know, that we want to create a satisfying career for ourselves. It's not just about money. It's about creating a satisfying career for ourselves. We want to spend our days the way we want to spend our days. Right. Right. And, and one of the keys to that is really be discerning about who we spend our days with, you know, selecting those clients that, you know, that we really want to clients and team that we want to spend our days hanging out with. And, um, and a lot of, I think a lot of attorneys have it in their heads that, you know, well, I've got to take whoever walks in the door. And while there's, you know, while that may be noble, I do think there that you do get to choose, you get to choose. And there are other people out there, you know, the, the other, other people that come in, there are other attorneys who will be a good fit for that person. Just right. because you're not a good fit for that person doesn't mean that there won't be another attorney who is a good fit for that person. Right. You know? And sometimes I'm not the best for that particular thing. So, you know, I always try to take a client that I know I can, you know, I can beat their legal needs best as well. So if I meet with them and um, they have an issue that I haven't dealt with, but I know that there's an expert in that particular issue right down the road. I'm going to tell them, um, that way at least they can choose. I can say, well, you know, I've never really, I'll, and I'll give you an example. When I did my first Hague convention case, um, in federal court, um, that was, there was no one in town who had ever done one. And, you know, I told my client, like, I don't, I've never done one of these. They're very rare. They're very difficult. I've never done one. And um, and I said, well, let me find you the person in town who can do it. And no one else really had done it either. So I took that client because I'm like, well, if no one else has done it, then I'm just as I'm just as qualified as everyone else to do it. And I can serve her, the you know, I can serve her well. But if there really was someone who could do that job better, I try to be really honest about that and just say, I can get up to speed. I have no doubt that I can handle any type of case that you give me. But if I'm not up to speed, I, I need to let you know that there might be somebody who's better equipped. Um, most of the time, though, most of the time they'll stick with you. But if they're, you know, if it's a bad fit for another reason, then they're going to be much happier anyway. And you avoid bad reviews and you avoid non-payment and you avoid all those things. Right, right. Malpractice. <laughs> yeah, or just plain malpractice. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, Autumn, thanks so much. You have shared just really some fabulous information today. I think that's really going to help a lot of people out there, who other attorneys out there who are, you know, on the same journey, solo to CEO, and would benefit from your experience, sharing your experience. And, of course, I think they're just going to enjoy um, hearing your story because... 
I know that I have enjoyed hearing your story and I appreciate you being here and sharing with us. Can you uh, for uh, share with everybody your website and how we can find you, whatever, how we can connect with you on social media, your website, how we can find you, find out more information. Sure. Okay. The website is www.autumnobeck.com. And um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. It's Autumn Family Law. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. We're on all those things. Um, and it's just Autumn Beck Blackledge. Um, our podcast is Love Our Living. And um, I think that kind of covers it. where you can find me. I'm pretty easy to find on social media. I'm, I'm there a lot. And I really encourage everybody to check out the podcast because it's a lot of fun to listen to. It's, it's really, <laughs> I, I've been, I was telling her I've been listening to it and, uh, and, and I know that they may not, they may not intend it to be uh, amusing, but I have enjoyed it because I'm married and I listen to, I, I've listened to them and they're a married couple doing this podcast. And so I relate to it. And so I found it quite amusing uh, at times. So. Uh, so do check out that podcast and uh, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I loved it. The Solo to CEO podcast is sponsored by D Frederick Media and Marketing and the Solo to CEO system. We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high impact, high revenue generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, cultivate a crackerjack team, and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time, then you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Six Shifts to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at law.solotoceo.biz webinar.